Blessed Assurance and welcome to Kingdom Christian Fellowship, KCF. We reveal the reality of the Kingdom of God and Christ Jesus in the lives of people all over the world. As you listen to this message, we pray that you are blessed and inspired to improve your relevance in the Kingdom of God. Um, okay, before, before I share what I've been privileged to share with you guys this morning. I want us to give Anna to whom Anna is due, right? So firstly, I want us to celebrate the apostle of this house, our man of God, our father, our papa, apostle Constantine Godson. Honor to be called to serve with him, amen. Next, I want us to celebrate our very own friend, our campus pastor. Wow. 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 I love you too much. I love you too much. Love you too much. Love you too much. I love you too much. And last, I want us to celebrate ourselves. Charlie, you guys have done well. So let's let's dive straight into it. Unfortunately, we don't have much time. So okay, so hmm. the title of the message that I'm sharing with us this morning is okay. I'll give you two. The one that is nice, then you pick it, right? But mainly, it's Anna. But under divine guidance, so divine guidance hyphen Anna or colon Anna, whatever you want, right? Or Anna as a means of accessing divine guidance, right? Wow, wow. Um, so let's break it down a bit. The English is plenty. In the title, we have Anna, we have divine guidance. So let's begin with divine guidance, right? What exactly does it mean to guide someone, right? I remember. Yesterday night, I was preparing, trying to know what I was going to say today. It was one of the things I was asking myself. Right? So what does it mean to guide someone? And according to the English dictionary, it means to show or to indicate a way. Right. Or to direct the motion of something. Hmm. From this thing, I learned a couple of things. Right. In order to guide someone or in order to guide something, there are three elements involved. There is the thing being guided. There is a path on which you are being guided on, and then there is a force that is guiding that object, right? Relating it to our lives as children of God, we are the people being guided. We've been sent by God and given a purpose to fulfill on this earth. So we are the ones being guided, right? The path on which we are being guided on is the path of life. And the one who is to guide us is God. I hope you understand. Just a simple pre humble um okay so every man and woman needs to be guided right as mentioned before because we've been given a purpose to fulfill on the earth unfortunately and fortunately god has made us insufficient in the sense that even though according to his word he has placed eternity in us we don't necessarily know every step we need to take right it's part of god's plan we've been made insufficient in that sense so that we have to rely on him we have to maintain a certain relationship with him in order to continue to remain on the path 
of divine guidance right the word of the lord says in proverbs chapter 16 verse 25 that there is a way that seems right to a man but the end thereof is death right and our scripture i'll mention to back this one let me do a little um, study on that it's jeremiah 29 verse 11. if we can project it on the screen jeremiah 29 verse 11. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a hope and a future Amen Amen. So the first scripture says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. And the second one is basically telling us that God is the only one who knows the plans that he has for us. Right? These scriptures suggest something that as a man you will want to guide yourself into what you think is your destiny or what you think is your purpose because you you picture yourself somewhere right and you want to order your steps so that you end up getting to the goal that you've set for yourself but the word of god tells us that there's a way that seems right to you but the end of is death meaning if you are going to guide yourself there's a very high possibility that you end up somewhere which is not where god wants you to be which means you'll be cut off from god and that's what the Bible means when the Bible talks of death. The type of death that was spoken of when um, God said, if Adam and Eve eat the fruit, they were going to die. That death was not a physical death. I mean, they didn't fall, <laughs> they didn't fall down to the ground after they ate that fruit, right? But then the Bible says that they died in the sense that they lost their connection to their source, right? That is the type of death being spoken of here. A way may seem right to you but it doesn't end in the place where you will still remain connected to the source which you need to guide you or to navigate the path of life right um, yeah so it's only god that can guide a man into the fulfillment of his destiny i remember some time ago i was reading the scripture john chapter one right from verse one and it basically says um, okay let you let's protect it john chapter 1 from verse 1. yeah in the beginning was the word and the word was the god and the word was god verse 2 he was in the beginning with god verse 3 and all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made verse 4 in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5. And the light shines in the darkness, and darkness did not comprehend it. Okay, we can end there. But one thing I learned from the scripture, right, is that the life of Christ is the light of men. Do you know what that means? If you don't have Christ, you live in darkness. So there is no way you can possibly see the path before you to be able to be guided on it. Right? There is no way you can see if you don't have Christ, if you don't have the one who is going to guide you. There is no way that you can walk on a path that will end up in the fulfillment of your destiny, of your purpose. There is no way. Because the Bible says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. So as a man, the light that you need to be able to navigate the path of your destiny comes from Christ. If you don't have God, 
you walk in darkness. There is no way that you can fulfill destiny. But there is no way that you can remain on the path of divine guidance. Right. So, yes. That's basically something small on guidance. Right. Now, let's talk about Anna. Because remember, our title is Anna as a means of accessing divine guidance. So, now we know what it means to be divinely guided. Right. We are being ushered onto a certain path which leads on to the fulfillment of destiny. And on that path, we are being given access to the mind of God for our lives. Because it's only God who knows his plan for us. It's only God who knows the, the steps that we must take in order to fulfill destiny. Right. And so divine guidance basically means that we've been given full and limited access onto that mind of God so that we can know which steps to take to fulfill destiny. Okay. Now what does it mean to Anna? This one, they are not lie to you, it was very tough. Because if, <laughs> if I would come to you right now, right, Janet, and to say, define Anna, do you have an answer for me? Define Anna. What does it mean to Anna? We say, oh, let's Anna a man of God, let's Anna a man of God. But what was Anna? You, if, if you realize yeah, there's actually a lot of words that we use. You understand it in a sentence, so, but if they say explain it, you can't. Like try, 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 try. If anyone can give me a definition for Anna, it's like explain grace. What was grace? Give me one one sentence definition for grace. By grace we've been saved. What's that grace? That's powerful. That's right. Wow! Wow! You have to actually spend time in the word of God to be able to understand what it means. In fact, there are some words that Charlie, like Anna, for instance. If I say, what's Anna? What's Anna? You say, Anna, your man of God. Anna, your father, your mother. What does it mean to Anna? Is it the same as love? No. Who was Anna? There's a lot of words we use that, but we don't really understand the meaning. Like, what's Anna? As for this one, I will not lie. It took me like 30 minutes. Right? The dictionary said to hold in high respect or esteem. That one crowd was respect. What was the definition of respect? I respect you. Okay. Define respect. Doesn't mean I salute. Nah. But does anyone have a definition for respect? What does it mean to respect? You tell me it's to honor. Then we go back to the start. You are. But the definition that the Holy Spirit ministered to me, funny enough, is kind of the same as what the dictionary said, but it gave me a bit more meaning to the thing. Right? What he said was the action of Anna is basically how you relate. To something you cherish or how you relate to something you value or how you relate to something that you esteem high right an example is see how like put this say you've always wanted what latest iphone or a laptop maybe your laptop not awake your laptop spoil mercy lord <laughs> mercy lord your, your laptop spoil and you want a new laptop or for the instrumentalist, Eddie like this. Charlie, if you get and you buy Eddie some new mixer, 
you'll be so excited. But funny enough, that makes, that makes that will cost like your school fees for two semesters. Yeah, that's true. Instruments are very expensive. You should check. One piano is like 65,000 CDs. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. Like, imagine if you've always wanted a phone and your parents buy it for you. If to touch your phone like this, you clean it right now. But right now, dear, you don't care. You just use the phone anyhow. If it drops, tell you, I drop it. That's all. Like, I drop it. You don't, you don't value it again. But if you have something that you really value, how you relate to it is different. If someone touches the safe, you clean it right now. It has to shine. If you see it, you need to see a reflection. You have, like, you protect it with everything you have. For, okay, you there. Let me just give this example. I, I'm sure all of us can relate to this. That's what she joins that even. That they are yes. They watch it be or the cuckoo. In fact, I just see the cuckoo that they've been coming on Thursdays. Maybe like say they be in here, but I mean, the cuckoo is nice if you compare to other breakfast options on campus. You will pick that cuckoo. Yes. So if me I stand somewhere and I say that Charlie, that cuckoo, you know the bee. The day you hear me say that dear Charlie, I hate that day I'm done. Because you are coming to argue with me that nah, this cocoa they be the whole world. This be the best cocoa for the world. It, the moment I start to slander the 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 name of that cocoa seller, I'm hit. Because you value her. You bab. Because the food is nice. So you value it. If I start to insult it right now, you will come out PDF for your back pocket. Argument. You are coming to argue with me. Right? And so that action that you show towards that thing that you value or you cherish or you esteem high is what is termed as Anna. So if I say Abigail, Anna Kweku, right? And Kweku is someone that you really cherish. You protect him. You don't allow people to insult him. You get. You, you make sure that he's comfortable. Right, because you, you cherish him, you value him. Right. Yeah. So the things you honor you protect. The things you honor you keep clean. The things you honor you speak well of it. You don't allow people to slander it because you value it. You cherish it a lot. You get. So now we've seen divine guidance. We've seen honor. But let's go a bit deeper into that topic of honor, right? In terms of who we should honor? How many of us have any idea of who we should honor? I'm sure there's a very popular scripture that will come to your mind. Who? In fact, I think you, you have answered everything. You've answered everything. So first is your parents. Right. And the base scripture for this is Ephesians 6 from verse 1 to 3. Ephesians 6 from verse 1 to 3. Ephesians 6, from verse 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on earth. Amen. 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 So, this topic about honoring your parents is something that, if you've known Apostle, 
but the ministers and the apostles, you realize that they are very keen, on, especially when it comes to honoring your parents, right? To be hundred percent honest, it's not easy, right? It's, 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 it's not easy at all. But the truth is, it doesn't matter who they are or how they are. Your father can be a thief, but you still act to honor him. Can be a drunkard. You still have to honor him. As long as he's your father, as long as she's your mother, it's a commandment we've been given to make sure that we honor them. So you value them, you cherish them, you protect them. If there's an issue at home, mommy and daddy are fighting. Don't go out to talk about it with people so that people have a bad mindset about your parents now. That's not honoring them. You're not protecting them in that sense. You get, if anything, it's a commandment you've been given by God to follow. Because it comes with a promise, which is that it will be well with you. What does that mean? If you, if you look at it from the flip side, you refuse to honor your parents. Then it will not be well with you. It's a very big issue. This is something Apostle says all the time. If you do and you let your mother do on you, you are finished. That is more than an insult. It's like you made a tired. You go, I'm tired. I don't want to deal with you anymore. It's like my brain, she's tired. Hey, see, don't let it get there. Don't let it get there at all. That's very dangerous. You really need to learn how to honor appearance. Now, why do? Why is it so important? It's because, you see, every kingdom, more so the kingdom of God, has structure. Right? Even in God's creation, look at the angels. We have archangels. And then we have angels under them. Even in that, there are divisions. There's messenger angels. There's war angels. So you see structure in everything that happens. So everything which is supposed to be a representation of his kingdom has structure. Especially when it comes to authority. Especially when it comes to authority. What does that mean? In your family, there is structure. Your parents are your shepherds. If you are here yesterday, I am sure you, you, you probably heard it. They are the first point of shepherdship. They are the ones who ushered you into this world. They are if God is looking for someone who is responsible over you, the first place you go is your mother and father. Because that's where they are the people that are expected to train you to make sure that you grow to become the people that God has asked you to be. They are the first point of contact when God is looking at the people who are responsible over your life. And so they have authority over your life. No matter their status. No matter their status, they have authority over your life. So no matter who your father is, that is a principle, whether Christian or not, it's a principle that everyone abides by. Because the institution of family is a kingdom institution. Whether the parents are Christian, whether they are not Christian, the institution of family is a kingdom institution. And so there's authority. If your parents say A, do A, that's the honest truth. 
you need to learn to honor your mother and father. Because see, truth be told, whether your father is a man of God or not, if he pronounces blessing upon your life, it will come to pass. If he curses you too, it will come to pass. He doesn't need to be a prayerful man. He doesn't need to be a prayerful woman. In God's eyes, he has authority over you. And so everything he pronounces over you, it will come to pass. So we are expected to honor them. If you want it to be well with you, if you want to have their backing, wherever you go, honor them. If you refuse to honor them, and they get tired of you, and they decide, that let me just leave this one to do whatever he wants to do. I don't want any trouble. I don't, I, I don't want anything to do with this one. See, you are hurt. You don't have a cavern. You don't have a cavern. You lose your cavern. Very dangerous. So as for honoring your mother and father, no matter who they are, no matter what they do, it's a commandment we've been given. So you follow it to the T. You honor them. If they ask you to do this, go ahead and do it. I know it's difficult because sometimes they may ask you to do something that maybe you believe is not right. Then yours is try to let them understand. But don't outright disobey. If you were there yesterday, uh, um, Miss Abigail Welbeck explained it really well. She was like, imagine if you are going with your parents and you get to a crossroad, and you're about to cross the road, right? As long as they are, they are your parents, they will forever see you as that little girl who they need to hold their hands to cross the road with. Until you can prove to your mother and father that you are responsible enough to stand there, look left, look right, make a well-informed decision to cross the road without getting hit, they will always hold your hand. So until you can convince your parents that you are sound enough and that the decisions that you make will benefit you. Most probably they will not understand. So yours is to try to let them understand, to prove to them that you are mature in that sense. Which means you have to show for the character of Christ when you are home. Don't give your parents headache at all. Don't, don't give them headache. Don't give them headache. Let them know that. Let them see you and they see Christ. Let them see you and the very principles that they've tried for so many years to instill in you since you were young. They see it start to blossom without their trying. And they see that now this person is matured. That's when we ask them that, see, mommy and dad, you want to go out in the evening. They'll not think twice that, ah, is she lying to me? And maybe she wants to go and spend the night at her boy's house, but she's lying to me. Mercy, mercy, Lord. Don't. Don't yes. think that way because they trust you. They trust that now. Maybe before, I used to see Leroy like this. Gosh. But it seems like over the years, he has changed. Now, if Leroy comes, he's at home. They, they come and they put ears at his door, Charlie. It's midnight, cry. Leroy is praying. Come on, come on. They're like, Ish. You have. Then they wake up in the morning. They come and say hi to Leroy. They open the door. He's sitting down. He's doing his devotion. Simple. Mommy asked, Leroy, please, can you come and wash the dishes? She knows that Leroy is tired. Leroy says, well, Mommy, you don't worry. Mommy won't even ask. You come. Mommy, you don't worry. You relax, relax. Let me take care of this for you. It's true. See? It's true. 
if you are like that thing true <laughs> if you are like that and your parents trust you that you are mature to that level there's nothing you ask them that they'll say no because they know that now you are sound you you, you can make sound decisions they will not think twice if you say oh mommy i have an all nice to go or maybe um but what's crap fire camp they are doing fire camp and so i want to come don't be sitting down and be thinking that hey are, are there girls there Leroy, the fire camp we are going to have girls day. And say, okay, you give me the number of your campus pastor so that I'll call him and I'll ask him. And then, before you know, she has already called like five people over there that they should be keeping an eye on you. Oh, God. And she'll be calling them every now and then to make sure that's Leroy. Charlie, that's long. It's too long. You need to prove to them. Down there, it's on you. And for most people that's genuinely at home, like you honestly have issues with some of your parents, like if you don't see eye to eye, if you start to act that way at home, you start to honor them. Like maybe you and daddy don't see eye to eye, but you wake up in the morning before he goes to work, you ask for his car key, you the car. You've washed the car, you've cleared everything for him, you ask him, daddy, do you, do you want anything to eat? He didn't even ask. Then you go, you sort it out, you bring it to him. comes in the evening maybe you know that okay me media this is my case but you know that okay when daddy comes in the evening he brings newspaper and so once he comes everyone you stop what you're doing you come and read the newspaper because because you have to know news you have to be abreast with everything that is going on in the country you must know you can't not know you can't be in your house and you don't know what's going on read newspaper yeah yeah but Charlie Daddy has come, he has blown the horn, you and your brother and some heated FIFA match. He scored you 6 0. You want to do rematch? So he proves to him that Charlie. I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> you proves to him that nah, what happened was a fluke. So you mean the match, you really meant it, or maybe some you see or your favorite show, they are showing it. Daddy has come right now, you are torn between two worlds. Should I continue watching my show as you can watch the news? As you can read the newspaper. Hey. Read the newspaper. It's painful. But as you honor them, it will make your life easy. So that it will be well with you. You start to see it. You start so to see it very clear. Very clear. Then one day if you come to him, oh daddy, I want to go out to my friend. Oh sure, go. It will shock you that the very same dad that he'll call you, he'll ask you questions. Right. Where are you going? Right. How many right. friends are you going with? What's their name? What's his surname? What's his last name? What's his nickname? He's called Weezy. Hey! <laughs> Weezy, Weezy. <laughs> <laughs> who is that wheezy guy? That thing won't happen. You have it's it, it, it won't happen. You just come like oh daddy wants to go out. Okay, sure, go. Free. That you start to see that it will be well with you. Yes, sir. You start to see it's clear cry. So let's honor our parents. Okay. The next set of people that we need to honor. As Alicia said, all men. First Peter chapter two verse seventeen. You know, all people. Okay, I'm sorry for saying all men. All men, forgive me. First Peter two verse seventeen. Sorry, yeah, NKJV seventeen. My bad. Yeah. First Peter two verse seventeen. 
honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Okay. So beside our parents here, we see that we have to honor everyone. Oh. It's not just your elders, not just your parents, not just your pastor. Honor all people, everyone, right? But why, why then are we expected to honor all people? Firstly, God first loved us. And so we are mandated as his children to love. As a fact of the matter. You've been created in the image of your father. And the Bible says that that father, he is love. And Anna is a product of love. That irregardless of what the person does to you, you are still willing to show the person Anna. That's the first reason why you show Anna. You will be mandated to. You will be mandated to. Second one, you don't know who you will meet tomorrow. Yeah, you don't know who you will meet tomorrow. You see, the thing is, when God wants to move in our lives, eh, God just He doesn't just do some magic. Just do some, and before you know everything is sorted, God works through men. So if God has spoken to you and he told you that, okay, or maybe some prophecy, in the next set of years, you are going to go to Microsoft, you are going to be a CEO at one of their branches here and there. It's not like, okay, you'll be there now, and then when the next set of years can one day you sleep, then when you open your eyes, you are wearing a suit, you are sitting in the office. Someone is coming to serve you coffee. And you wake up, you are like, hey, who am I? Then you go and ask your secretary, what's your name? Who am I? I'm the CEO. Wow. Miracle. Nah. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. At all. You meet someone. To that person, you form a connection. Then as you are being guided, the Holy Spirit starts to speak to you. Or maybe you are here. Or maybe you are, um, how do I put it? Maybe let's say, fire camp. Let me use fire camp as an example. You were home. Ideally, you didn't plan to come for fire camp. But you just felt a strong prompting to come for fire camp. And you come. They meet someone who competed at Chelsea, who decided to come for fire camp. They become friends. Maybe one time you were praying and a person said, hold your brother and pray. Then you heard the person, you were praying, you were praying, you were praying, you were praying. When the person, when you, when you finish, the person said, quit. This guy can pray. Let me get his number. You know. And then the person gets your number. You people become friends. You start texting. You find out that, hey, wow, this person intended on Microsoft. Okay. Then you start to pray about it because all of a sudden you're getting an interest. Then you speak to the person. The person coaches you how you went through his interview. He gives you assistance, assistance, and so then you come to Reverend Willard. Tell Reverend Willard, of course, I'm Microsoft opportunity. Reverend says, okay, come and let me pray with you. And he prays with you. Then you continue to flow. The Holy Spirit guides you. You go through the internship. Check. You get into Microsoft. Check. Now you have to discover your destiny, your purpose. What does God want me to do here? I know that, okay, he has given me this opportunity, but what exactly am I doing here? Because you are not just there to chop money, as Ms. Abigail said yesterday. You are not just there to chop money. You are there to fulfill purpose. Yes, sir. So you maintain your relationship with God. Opportunities will come, all right. Because you see, I'm sure there's something that we've all heard before. But... When God has destined something for you, before time, 
the devil will come and give you like 10% of it and use to tempt you. Yes, sir. You come and use to tempt you. Look what happened to Jesus when he was fasting. The devil took him up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. He said, if you worship me, I'll give it to you. Not knowing that God's plan for him was to make him master over everything that he had created. But on this earth, the devil wanted to tempt him with something. Now you can imagine. They said they want to give you all the kingdoms of the world. Dubai is part two. The oil money all day back. Take everything. It's yours. Everything you need. Everything. Like, it may seem like, oh, when the devil comes and he says, oh, he'll give you all the Dubai, then you stand there. No, but the word says, this, this, this. Hey, I promise it's hard. It's hard. Like most real life situations, eh? I remember one time I was coming to Ashesi for something and I was in the car with the Uber driver. And he was talking to me about how one of his friends was working in this company. And his mother had fallen ill. Like on the verge of death kind of ill. She had fallen ill and he needed money. Right. So he spoke to his CEO about it, his boss. His boss says, nah, he won't won't give it to him. And like after a week, his boss calls him to his office. It's a Saturday. No one comes to work. So it's just the two of them. Right. And his boss says, okay. Is there a man I sick? I have a deal for you. Go out to the car park. There's a Range Rover there. Red. If you open the boot, hmm, there's we inside. They fill the boots in the back of the car with we. This is your task. Sit in the car. Drive. You are going to like, was it Togo or something? You are driving across the border. But this is the condition. He has paid all the security checks at every point. So once you get there, you just let them know that, okay, now nah, I'm with this guy. Then they allow you to pass. Nobody will stress you. Just drive it there. Go and deliver the tent. Go and deliver the week. That's for the we go and deliver it. Once you are done, take the range. Once you are done, take the range. When you go, they'll give you a certain amount of money. Keep everything. Use some to save your mother. Will you do? No, no, no. Be 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 honest too. Be honest. Like, like. Your mother that you love with all your life. She's about to die. You've tried everything to get it for her. Eh? And right now, this is the only option. Will you do? I won't do it. You do? I won't do it. Eh, that's all. Just join the Wii gang. <laughs> and be transporting we every Saturday. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, am I lying? Transport. Am I lying? No. So you. So now, now that you've understood the gravity of things, eh? Now that you've understood the gravity of things, now understand something. Jesus Christ knew that he was coming to win souls. So if they had given him all the kingdoms of the world, means all the souls there are for him. That was his purpose. Means all the souls there are for him. So the same way that you are doing over Range Rover, small we and small money. In Range Rover, you are doing. Mm-mm, you take. Imagine Jesus Christ's own. You think it was it, 
it, it was just oh it is written <laughs> oh gosh it wasn't just it is written oh it wasn't an easy decision to make it wasn't it was not i can assure you it was not an easy decision to make you want just your mother one human being is coming to die take range over go and sell we come and collect money and save it can you imagine this one they are giving jesus christ all the souls that he was coming for they are giving him all take is yours he was not easy so wherever you go hey honest truth you'll be faced with such a temptation you'll be faced with it the reason why <laughs> you ask god for that opportunity signs we like the opportunity is not coming you're not ready because you they give you that we you collect hey you collect the we <laughs> you take the money <laughs> that, that's the honest truth you take it right so you have to be ready you have to be ready that's why every time Reverend Roland is saying, Charlie, people pray, 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 pray. Why you go for that internship opportunity that you've always been waiting for? That temptation will come. Mm. Can you stand? Mm. You are standing. <laughs> like, that's honest truth. When that temptation comes, can you stand? Have you built capacity to stand and say no? Because the only way for you to see that and say no is if you've seen something greater behind it yes sir and that only comes from the place of prayer yeah it will take the spirit of god to reveal that to you so if you haven't built capacity yeah you apply bounce you go bounce mercy you go reverend will pray for me they'll pour budgets on your head you oh, go bounce gosh. Charlie. i mean yeah reverend will pray for you all right but it's expected of you that you should also do what it takes. You will come to that scripture later. You are preaching, sir. But yeah, you should you make sure that you also do what it takes. See that when you go, you'll be able to stand for God. Yes, sir. But back to the topic, Anna. You expected to honor all people, not some, all, everyone. Because you don't know who you meet. You don't know when you meet that destiny helper. See, it's, it's true. It's not easy. Maybe you're waking up someday, Charlie, the quiz last you. In addition to your girlfriend today, make it the oh explain for gosh. church. Gosh. You didn't do anything. You just woke up one day. She said, you forgot to tell me I'm beautiful. Oh, gosh. And so I'm angry. I don't mind you. Oh. You cry. You stress. You tired already. You written three quizzes back to back. Two presentations. You want bed. Then on top of that, they said, okay, right now we have career fair, so come for career fair. You are tired. The one guy woke up to you, they're like, Charlie. The person woke up to you, oh, hi, how are you? I'm fine. <laughs> it's like, already your demeanor will start to discourage the person. The person is like, should I just look for someone else to go to? It's like, I'm bothering this person. What if that person is your destiny helper? That opportunity that you've been asking for is that person is through that person that you enter the fulfillment of your destiny but you say no 
So your bad mood or what you've gone through does not give you the right of way to dishonor someone. Yes, sir. If you are angry, don't let your anger cause you to dishonor someone. Because you don't know when you need that person. We are expected to honor all people. Even putting that aside, crap, this one is a commandment for you. Honor everyone. Not some. Oh. The next set of people, or the last set of people I'll speak about. In fact, all people encompasses everyone. But this one, I want to touch on the same my touch on the appearance. Right? It's to honor your man of God. Boom, that one. Anna, your man of God. Right. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 13 from verse 17. If you can get like the amplified version, preferably. Hebrews 13 from verse 17. Yeah. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you, for they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who will give an account of the stewardship of you. Let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans, for this would be of no benefit to you. Amen. Amen. Jesus says, Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you. Why? Because they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who will give an account of their stewardship of you. This is serious. It's very serious. Imagine being a man of God. Like let's say Reverend Ola. You know the scripture means. He's keeping watch over every single one of you. He's guarding your spiritual welfare as though he will give an account of you. Meaning if something wrong goes, if if something wrong goes on with you. You have to give an account. Do you know what that means? His work is plain to you. How many are we here? In fact, Ide, let's cut it down. Your small group of six people in that course you are doing. When two of them are not doing their work, you see how it stresses you. You are angry the whole day. In fact, the whole week. Because those group members then they bore you. In fact, when you see them crying there, yeah, then they holler yourself, Charlie, what's up? Yeah, like, yeah. You don't even want to see them safe. You don't want to see them safe. You can be in the group meeting where you are talking with your friends. Immediately the person enters now. You frown. You start, start, to, look at, start to look at a different direction. Now you're only six, and two are not doing their work. Look at our number. Don't cry. You're not even responsible for them. They're just trying to make sure they do what is expected of them. They're not responsible for them. Whatever they do is in their own yard somewhere. But this one, not only is he watching over us, <laughs> he's watching over us as though he'll give an account of us. You know what that means? That's a lot. He already has a wife. And he already has a family he's doing this for. Then he's coming to add you. Then when, then when he comes and he says, okay, guys, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this. Guys, we have a program this Saturday, let's all be there. Then, 
What does he say here? At the end of it, it says, let them do this with joy and not with grief. Why? For this would be of no benefit to who? To me. Uh, yeah. If he's doing it with grief and groans, it would be of no benefit to, to us. So if God has called him Sunday early morning, 5 a.m., he has left his wife. He has left his child. He has sat in a certain car that it's okay. I'll not continue. He has come here. And you want him to do it with grief and groans in addition. That he will not smile. He's not happy when he's doing his work. It's perfect as well. Because our spiritual welfare. Yeah, he's a custodian of that. And so if his simple words we allow it to fall to the ground, then we are not trying at all. At all, at all, at all, at all. At all. The one person who you have to make sure you honor yeah, is your man of God. Right. And if you realize people who honor their man of God, eh, if you start to honor your man of God, your church will expand. Do you want to know why? Because he's doing it with joy. He's happy when he's doing his work. So everything that God has given to him that he needs to release onto the church, he'll do it with with joy. It's, that will be a source of motivation. So everything that needs to happen will happen. He will, not see, he will not see something and keep quiet. Because in his mind it's like, mm, if I say these people do not take me seriously. So let me be quiet. Or when he wakes up in the morning, you will not be like, ah, I'm coming here again. Okay, God told me to come, so let me just come. Like all the oil and all the resources that God has given to him, that through him it should be poured out onto us, everything will be locked up. Because he's not doing it with joy. But if you have to honor your man of God, eh, you will prosper. Amen. Because the very one who is keeping watch over you is doing it with happiness. He'll be excited to come here safe. All the time. Every single day he'll be excited. If he gets cry, he'll come and live here safe. But I mean no. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if we say that he's a man of God, eh, do our actions really show that we honor him? Do they show that we honor him? Either be honest. Just just evaluate yourself. Reverend Willan says, let's do this. You run with it. Or is it like, yeah, he said it on Sunday. Just forget about it and then we come again next Sunday. Repeat every week. Do you think you cherish your man of God? Do you think you value him? Because if, if your eyes are to be open for you to see everything that God has placed in him, that should be released to us in Hey, you see the way if you get an, that new laptop and you look at it and you see some small finger mark there, you're looking for some wives to clean it fast Gosh. before someone sees. 
That's how you keep the man of God. You don't allow anyone to speak anyhow about him. You I, I, I do not say it. No one will even have to ask you. No one will have to ask you to okay, like how do I put it? You appreciate him. I don't have to ask you to do it. You appreciate him all the time. Every time. Because you cherish him. You cherish him very dearly. Right? So for honoring your man of God, something something that is very important. Very, very important. Because he's a custodian over every single one of us. If he's doing his work out of sadness, then it's be very, 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 very bad for us. I mean, you can use your lectures as an example. You can, you, you see, you can tell a clear difference between the lecturers who are happy to come to class and they like the teaching and the lecturers who, when they come, it's like the school has us to come. You can tell a clear difference. We are not mentioning any names, we beg. Uh. This is a generic example. But you can tell the clear difference. There are some people who come to class and give you the textbook. Okay, number one. When you open the textbook, eh, it's funny. Because every sentence that is there is just taken from the textbook and photocopied there. And they come, they read the points to you. Pa, 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 pa. Then you go. And then there are some that they can take one example and use the whole class. To make sure that every single student understands before they move on. Like, you can tell a difference between the people who are happy doing their work and the people who are not. There's a certain zeal that comes with it. And there are added benefits when a person is happy. It's those suggest that, Charlie, they are always in class. Always. Always. Whether rain or shine. Always. Hey! Remember we had one teacher like that in Prusik? Madam Mani. My God, it can be raining a thunderstorm. That one will be in class <laughs> because she because she likes she loves the job, right? And that's a zeal that you want someone who is who is guarding you to 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 a to guard you with. Because see, let's be honest, the way that some certain security be that I know, they guard the institution. Imagine if that's how someone who someone who was a custodian of your bank and all your money. Imagine if that's how they guard your bank. Hey, Martha. It would be very, 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 very dangerous that you come here, all your money is in the bank. <laughs> when you look at the gate, the entrance to the bank, you, you see them. Mercy, mercy, Lord. They are gone. Asleep. Hey! But see, eh, your spiritual welfare, your spiritual welfare is as important, in fact, more important than those assets that you see at the bank. And we are saying that, imagine if security men who didn't like their job came to be custodians of it. I hate if they, if they get squad, they will steal it. They will take the money. 
You see, so as much as possible, make sure that your man of God is happy doing his work. He's happy doing his work. Right. Okay. So now to kind of crown everything up, how exactly does Anna ensure divine guidance? How exactly does Anna ensure divine guidance? Before I define what divine guidance is, let me give this definition. It's continuous access to the shepherding voice of God or to the mind of God unto the fulfillment of destiny and divine purpose. Right. But let's examine the scripture. It's one of our key scriptures for the month. Psalm 32 verse 8. If possible, the New King James Version. Or what? Ni New King James Version, please. Okay. Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct and teach you. I will instruct and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Amen. 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 Okay. So from this scripture, it says, God speaking. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. What this means is that in the path of divine guidance, eh, God will first God will instruct us on the way we should go. But then also he will teach us on that way we should go. In addition to that, He's going to guide us with his very own eye. His eye that does not sleep or slumber, meaning constant surveillance in your life. When it comes to the instructing and teaching part, I was trying to understand, like, what exactly does it mean when he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go? It's not just showing you. Pass here. And then you go. It's not just showing you. That's the instructing part. Okay, go here. But what does it mean by teach you? Right? For for this one, this is what the Holy Spirit ministered to me. He said, imagine a football club. Our coaches here. They understand. <laughs> but yeah, a football club. Normally, if the coach has a game plan for his players, how does he go about it? Before the game, they go through their plan. He instructs them on what to do. Yes, yes, sir. Right. He instructs them on what to do. Yes, sir. When you start, you pass the wall. You pass here. Pass here. Pass here. Bit, it's instruction. But then the teaching, the teaching is the training that goes into following the instruction. Huh. Right. So as a team, your coach will, he will instruct you on what to do when you enter the field. But he has to teach you how to do it. Gosh. So you have training sessions where you learn how to pass the wall. So that when he instructs you and says, give a lob pass to the striker so that he runs in behind the defenders. You understand. Because he has taught you how to follow that way. He has taught you how to follow the instruction. Not only did he instruct you, but he has taught you how to do what it takes to follow his instructions. Right. Now, as children of God, God will instruct you in what to do. 
But one of the things he'll teach you is the principle of honor. Because as mentioned, you need to learn how to honor everyone. If you can't honor those around you, I'm sorry, it will be hard. It will be very hard. Because as I, as I mentioned before, when, when God wants to do something on this earth, he does it through men. If you are supposed to rise to that place, it's going to be through men. It's connections you meet. Fever you get in the eyes of some people. Your names will be mentioned in places. People will hear. You'll be recommended. It's through men. If you can't learn how to honor your people, it will be difficult to be taught how to follow the instruction. It will be difficult. Because one of the things that you need to learn through the teaching is the principle of honor. Honoring your parents, you need to know. So that I can be well with you. You need to know so that I can be well with you. Honoring those around you, you need to know how to do that. So that I can form connections with people. You can gain favor in the eyes of men. How to honor your man of God. So that the resources that God has placed upon him to be released unto you, you can receive. So then you have everything that you need to be able to follow the instructions that he's going to give to you. Right. Now, my time is almost up. But I'll just give two scriptures that we can read on. Basically, it's the life of Ruth and of David. Right. You see, when, wow, wow. when, when Naomi was leaving back to Judah, yeah, she was begging them to see, you guys should go. Go, because I don't have anything to offer, offer you. But I realized that in that case, Ruth cherished Naomi. She cherished her to, have, to some extent that she, she wasn't willing to leave her. By virtue of following that principle of Anna, which was instilled in her, she was able to, what? Achieve destiny. And she was part of the lineage of Christ. Look at David. You had given you prophecy that you are going to be king. But the king at the time wants to kill you. But the Bible said, well, David behaved himself wisely. He learned that principle of honor. So even though Saul wanted to kill him, and I'm pretty sure David didn't like Saul. Because how can I like someone who wants to kill you? He said the Saul guy, there was these demons that were tormenting him. He called David to come and play harp so that he can be relieved. The one who is playing the harp for you to be relieved, and he takes spear and throws it at him. How? I'm pretty sure David didn't like him. But he had to honor him. Because at the time, that was his king. And so by learning that principle of honor and playing it out in his life, he was able to, what? Achieve destiny. And then he became king. Imagine if he had killed Saul. Possibly he would not have become king. Because he would have disobeyed the voice of God. But learning that principle of honor was what helped him to achieve destiny. So as children of God, honor is something that we need to learn and we need to show in our everyday lives. Hope we are clear. Okay, so I'm done.
done with what I have to share with you guys today. Wow. Can we can we please rise on our feet? So inspiring. And enter into a short time of prayer. Okay. So first we just want to pray and ask for the mercy of God. That in any way that God ushered a destiny helper into our life. And by reason of dishonor, that person was pushed away. We are asking for mercy. We are asking for mercy that still his will be fulfilled. We pray that in conjunction with another prayer. So we are praying and asking for mercy that in any way that by failing to show the virtue of honor, we've missed out on the fulfillment of destiny. We are asking for mercy. And we are asking that Lord, teach me how to honor the people you've placed around me. Do we understand every point? Thank you for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this, share it with someone and be an agent of impactful change for the kingdom of God. God bless you.